welcome to Grab Life by the Horns. Powered by Legacy Builders Global. And we are Jennifer Pekan and Jan-Marc Pekan. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Grab Life by the Horns. Today we're going to talk about why you need a great team in order to become successful and this is one of the first special episodes because this episode is just with myself and Mark Pican and um, we're gonna insert more and more specials into our podcast because we want you guys to succeed and there are lots of topics we need to cover we want to cover so you guys can learn from our mistakes you can learn from other people mistakes there will be interviews at some point as well And we want you guys to get the best out of it. So now let's dive into the topic why you need a great team in order to become successful and what does a team even is. Um, how is it defined? What is a great team? What is a good team? And what is no team at all? Now, if we're looking at teams i spent over a decade in order to build teams to fine-tune teams um, to develop teams so i i have quite an experience on doing it on managing them on working in them um, and also internationally and there are lots of differences between individual teams And one of the major differences, and that we're going to cover right up front, is their value system. Okay, there are teams that aren't defined by their values. And then there are teams that are just a group of people working together. And if, we, if we're looking at this major difference, and this is why I want to cover it right up front, is that... When you, when you have a team where everyone shares the same set of values, it makes things very, very easy. Because all of the arguments you will have, and you should have arguments in your teams, and you will have arguments in your teams, but if you share the same values, you will always find an agreement for the argument. And you will never get personally, you will never get low, you will never yell and scream at each other on a level um, where it's not constructive. <laughs> you might yell and scream at each other, but fighting for the best solution. And the thing is that um, you don't really find out on a team if the, if the values are aligned until, until things go south. Okay, because character always shows and surfaces when things don't go as planned, when things don't go like smoothly, when things really, really are getting like out of control, um, you're having really bad days, whatever, um, or you're losing money, or you're short before bankruptcy, or whatever. Um, the more extreme the situation is, the more the values of each individual person on the team will surface. This is why there are certain tests where you can like make stress tests and stuff like this in order to make sure that you find the right values. But they are, they are somehow, they might be a good tool sometimes, 
but I'm not a big believer in, uh, in those tests because they are all somehow artificial. But let's park it for, for now on the, on the test front because that is more like how to establish a team and so on. If we're looking on um, values, if you have a value system in place and all the team members have a similar value set, they, all, they don't all need to share all of the same values, okay? But the core values, they need to overlap. Like for us, it's loyalty, integrity, teamwork. They, ha they have to overlap. And there is no way somebody in our team could, be sec could become successful on the long run, okay? And there's the difference. The long run is the difference. If she or he does not share those values, why? Because short-term-wise, first of all, short-term-wise, you can always fake it, okay? And people do fake it. Don't, don't be mistaken about that. But if you, if you look short-term, you can, you can fake it. You can, make it, you can make it fit in. And people are somewhat flexible in order to, um, in, in order to maybe say, like, okay, let's just let it go for this one time. Um, and I'm not so much... Like, I don't want to pick a fight. I had a, um, a hard day, a hard week. Um, just let it go. It was a one-time thing, and that's it. That's short-term. This is why sometimes teams, when they work short-term on a project, they can be successful even though they don't have the same value system. But if we're looking at the long-term performance, they have to have the same value system. Why? Because... At one point, something will not go according to plan. And um, you will not always like swallow the pill and say like, okay, now it's like the, the 10 times she's doing that. Just let it go. Okay, probably doesn't know better. Um, because that's, that's just BS. He or she would know better at that point of time. And this is like the difference on the value system. And if... If we, if we want to construct a team, that's where I start all the time, is with starting of the values. Like, find out what the person is interested in, what are the life goals. Um, like, is family a priority? Is work a priority? Do they want to work internationally? Do they want to only work nationally? Is it important for them to, um, to coach their, their kids' soccer team? Um, do they go to church um, or to a mosque or wh wh whatever? I mean, you have to understand this, is not, this has nothing to do with that is their private life and, and um, that you're trying to what, whatever uh, people make out of that today. Um, it's like you're not sniffing around um, for a reason not to hire them, but you're, you want to understand what type of person you have in front of you because if you understand that type of person you can make a decision if that person fits into your team and it's also um, if you hire a person um, you might make mistakes we all do uh, no one is different and not all of the hires you do will pay off but when you look at the um, at the hires and you you find out that um, okay you hired a person and taking a new job, it's going good for a couple of days, maybe weeks, 
and then like performance slips, um, you have all of this different type of problems and you're wondering now, should I get rid of that person? Should I fire that person? And my honest opinion is you definitely should have a talk with the person and maybe fire that person or agree on a mutual um, understanding that the contract will be uh, will be revoked and so on and, and you can agree on a timing you don't have to be a bully and you don't have to be unfair and treat people badly okay you can find a fair solution but if you have somebody on your team and the core values they do not overlap then uh, and it turns out like in the in the process um this person will know it too. They will feel it. They will somehow feel they are not fitting in. They are not like welcomed by the con colleagues. They are not able to bound maybe um, in the same shape or form like all of the other colleagues. And um, then at that point when you, uh, when you let that person go, as hard as it is at that point for somebody to be let go, um, it also, it also gives them a chance to find a better place, to find a place where they fit um, better. And it's like, it is, I, I mean that with full honesty and with full dignity. It's sometimes, it's like, I, I've seen that, I've seen it in real life, is people actually were relieved when they changed because they did not they were not a fit anymore for the company and that sometimes can happen too because it's not because of a value change because the core values of a company or a team usually don't change but of course um job changes there are a lot of other changes and some people they may not want that and that is totally okay that is totally okay and then it's just time to find a way on how to split and how to move on. That's not like, it's not bad and it's not good. It's just, it's just a fact. And you just have to understand that um, a, team is, a team is also like an organism. Okay, it's like um, you can also describe it like your like your organism. A, a team has a heart, a liver, um, a, a stomach, um, lungs, uh, wh whatever. Like skin, everything, eyes, nose. Like like your body. A team is like your body, and it only works if everything works in harmony. And I don't mean don't take that as an excuse not. Like to say is like okay we don't we don't argue in the team okay because a lot of people s tell that all the time when I say you have to be like in harmony it's like yeah but uh, we're always fighting and so on and my wife and I when when we run our businesses and we work as a team we're fighting as well but it's we're not getting like dirty and personal in that fight okay we are simply getting um, result oriented and we are discussing for the results and we are discussing on a on a fact base okay and we are calling it out if somebody gets personal 
because that is not the thing. And so you have to be able, high performance teams aren't able to, to fight, but they are able to, f to discuss it and come to a conclusion that is for the better of the company and that's for the better of the team and that's for the better of the team members. So coming back to the body analogy is that if you have your team and like all the different organs, they all have to work and, this is, uh, and they have to be in harmony. If your heart has a problem, um, then it doesn't matter if your liver is making overtime. And so is it in a team as well. You can balance it and your body does it as well. If one of your organs um, is not fully functional, the other ones will compensate for it, make no mistake. But they only can do it so long before they give up. And it's the same in a team. It's exactly the same. If, if somebody is not pulling their weight in a team, the rest of the team, of course, if they have the right values, they will cover for that person, they will, uh, they will compensate it, they will do the work, they will jump in, they will try everything in order to make sure that the project you're working on the client does not realize that something is going on and might be wrong with one or maybe two of your particular team members. But if that goes on long term, you as a team leader, if you are a business owner or if you are employed as a, uh, as a leader, as a manager, you have the responsibility to call this out. And everyone actually in the team has the responsibility to call it out if somebody is not pulling their weight. And that doesn't mean that nobody is allowed to have a bad day. We all have that. Okay, we all have days that are not so good. In fact, those sometimes they are, they are very often. And um, this is the same when, um, uh, when uh, like for me for today, I had such a day, okay? But then it's like, of course, the other team members that we have, they, they cover for me. They also, they pull, they pull me out of the hole again and they, they make sure I'm, I'm recovering. Um, but this, this is the same thing. Is, but they, they also, they will tell me that, okay, it's, it's okay if you have a bad day, but it's not gonna drag on. You can't let that drag on. And that's the thing. And this as a leader is one of the most difficult things most difficult decisions to make is actually to um, go on and have those type of conversations. Is because very often in, in teams where it's not agreed up on up front that people will talk honestly about like if somebody is not pulling their weight, it will linger on. People will just let it slip by and they, they cover it once and I cover it twice, but they, they think like, okay, here we go again. Um, and whatever the name of the person is, is doing it again. And they leave early, I have to cover it up um, and so on and so on. And that can just 
erode your team totally. And it's nothing you see as a leader, you see surfacing directly. And you can't ask people for that as well. You can, but you will not get an answer. Because people very often don't like to call out other people for not performing. Because they know it has consequences. Make no mistake, they know that it has consequences. They might not know exactly what consequences it has, but they know it has consequences. So that's why they don't like to call it out. But your job as a leader is to make sure you are removing that rotten apple, and I'm using that on purpose, that picture, that rotten apple out of the basket, because otherwise all of the apples go back. And if you, if you don't do it, I have seen that as well happening in another team, is it imploded the team. And to, <laughs> to implode the team, it took one and a half years. So it's nothing that happens overnight. And it's the same if you have a fruit basket and you have one bad apple. And I mean, we've all seen that. Is you can ignore it for one day. It might still, like the rest is probably okay. Maybe even two days, maybe even three days if it's starting to rot. But after that, the basket is gone. Everything's infected. And this you have... As a, as a manager, you have to observe that and you have to make sure that you don't let it go. Okay, you can't let that slip. You cannot afford it. If you want to have a great team, a high-performing team, you cannot let the standards slip. It's one of the most important things because if you let the standards slip, you will, you will really, really have a problem. Because it's, it, it's like people don't, uh, you say that with kids, but it's not different with employees. And I mean that with, with full respect. And it's actually also the same thing for you as a business owner, or if you are, um, if you are employed as a manager, um, is we humans, we learn, and this is from our kids' days, we, we learn by observing. And this is a, a very important message right now. You have to understand that. People learn by observing. They don't necessarily learn by listening. Okay? So if you, if you are always doing something, your kids will pick this up and it will become totally normal. Why? Because they see it all the time. And when they see it all the time, then it, for them it becomes the norm. And as adults, we are no different. We just can make a little bit more of an educated guess if it's appropriate or not that that becomes now the norm. But it's still we learn by observing. If you, if you learn, for example, as an employee, that um, so-and-so can, uh, can always like, leave Fridays at noon, um, no matter if there is like, a deadline that something needs to be finished or whatever, but that person just leaves at noon and it just goes by, it's like, 
it becomes standard practice and it becomes like an unwritten law. And then other people might want to leave at noon or at one. And if you as a leader then step in and say, wait, you cannot all leave at noon. It's like, what, what's going on? And they, they will tell you, they observe that so-and-so always left at noon and she left at noon and he left at noon and why should I work longer? Now, this is, this is what comes, but it's also something to pay a lot of attention to when you actually are managing managers or a business owner that has frontline managers. Because if you have those managers, what you have to understand is they learn by observing too. If you, for example, ridicule a manager because of something, because of a, a mistake they, they did or because of money they lost in terms of an, an investment that maybe didn't pay off or because of um, like that uh, that they did the right thing value wise but should have really like taken the order um, even though it wasn't like a hundred percent with the company values or that you always tell them revenue is the number one goal but pay attention to safety um, or you say like safety is our number one goal that happens actually very very often safety is our number one goal and then you say but you need to have this construction site finished by friday even though you might know normally it takes until wednesday um, you are sending a message they observe that okay safety is a priority as long as it's convenient and at the end the revenue becomes the priority and Managers learn that too by observing. They learn like, okay, I understand it's a priority, but it doesn't succeed, <laughs> uh, supersedes the revenue priority. And these are like, I, I hope you understand the significance of this because it's so important and so often done wrongly because it's convenient, because we, we don't pay attention to it. And that actually, if you have a great team, that team will tell you, wait a minute, that's not according with our values. That's not what we're supposed to do. That's not right. I ain't doing that. And now here comes, if you are a great leader, which I really, really hope you are, you will understand that they are not against you personally against the project or anything else they are simply pro values they are simply calling out a misbehavior that is not in line with the values of the company or is not aligned with the values um, of their team and great teams do that because great teams also have one thing in common they have an immense trust to all the individual members and this is something you have to be able to install is the the trust that people trust that they will be treated fairly that they have the trust that they will not be ridiculed if they speak up that they have 
the trust to go forward with um, their, their bold ideas, um, that they have the trust in you as a leader. And the last point I want to put into, uh, into this podcast episode today, um, because I've seen it as well, is you need to be predictable. I've learned that, I relearned that actually um, by uh, becoming a parent. Because as I, as I said, your kids, they are, uh, they are looking like for you, they, they are looking at what you do. And your kids are also, and my, my son especially, he looks for, for patterns. He loves as things are predictable. If we say we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. Like, for example, if he, if he comes home from kindergarten, and then we say, okay, we play, then, uh, then we eat, then you take a shower, then you can watch an episode of, uh, of Super Wings, for example, and then you go to bed. So he wants to know the sequence because that gives him security. This predictability gives him security. He know, and sometimes we're using even the phone time and say, okay, look, it's going to be 10 minutes to play, right? And when you hear the timer, then we're going to go and brush our teeth just to give you an example. And this is the same, I don't, I don't, I don't set the timer for your employees, please, but um, this is the same thing that um, you need to do when it comes to, uh, to predictability in terms of your team. Because, why? Because they want to know that and it adds security to them and it instills trust that if they do X, your reaction will be Y. If they do X tomorrow, they don't want to have uh, the reaction Z because it doesn't fit. They will be like, what? But the last time it was Y. How, how are we ending on Z now? This does not make any sense. And if you are able to be predictable, if they are able to recognize the patterns and how you make decisions, it will be so much easier for them because they then will show up with the right arguments. They then will show up what you would call like prepared. Uh, and because you will see they will be prepared to the level you want them to be prepared. And this, this are the, these are just the little, little steps that, um, that you have to uh, that you have to do in order in order to make sure um, you can form a great team and then sometimes if you have that team you have to move around people in that team maybe uh, you have somebody that can really deal with that um, uh, where, um, with that technician uh, or with that client or with that supplier um, or maybe you have people that can really really well work with each other and maybe somebody else not so much then it's your job as a leader first of all to make sure that everybody can work with with each other that there are not like boundaries that would implode the team 
but it's your job to put the people on the right spot. That you, you use personality tests maybe, that you use um, wh whatever tools you have in order to make sure that people can get to their full potential. Because that's so important and so overlooked. Very often we try to force people um, to do something which is totally against their nature. And if you have high performers, they will try and try and try and burn out and they will try and try and try and may maybe even succeed to some kind of level, but it will never be really fulfilling for them. And the reason why it will never be really fulfilling for them because it costs them so much energy to do it because it's against their nature. And there are patterns in our personality that with all the learning, with all the adaptation, with everything, it's not easy to override them. Um, it takes a very long time if you are able to override them at all. And your job as a leader, and this is what I want to leave you with for this episode, is to make sure that you get the trust in, installed in the team, that you are predictable, that you make sure that your team has the same set of values and that you make sure the values are like defended and that you make sure you, that everyone in the team pulls their weight. Think as a, as a body where every organ has to work in order to make the body work. And if you do all of these little things, everything will fall into place. And then you just have to move the people to the right point in the team that they can like use their full potential in order to make sure that the team is succeeding, you are succeeding as their manager, as the business owner, and that each individual is succeeding. I wish you a very great and successful day. Happy team building and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Do you want to get paid? Introducing Legacy Builders Global, where everybody gets paid. We don't create investors. We create legacy builders. Legacy Builders Global. Visit us at www.legacybuildersglobal.com.